Hey everyone, Steve here, and with Christmas right around the corner, what better time to tell you all about our show's sponsor, Tall Slim Tees. For this time of the year, they have just about anything and everything you could possibly need, from your crew neck t-shirts, to your v-neck t-shirts, to your long sleeves, to hoodies, to pullovers, everything and anything you could possibly need, with a wide array of colors as well, so if you need a couple new outfits just to make yourself look like you're in the festive spirit that little bit more, then be sure to head over to tallslimtees.com right now, and when you're checking out, be sure to use the promo code KOREA10, that is the word KOREA and the number 10, and they will kindly take 10% off your order. So whether it needs to be the perfect Christmas present or just the way of treating yourself, be sure to head over to tallslimtees.com today, enter promo code KOREA10 at checkout, and enjoy a shirt that fits the way it is supposed to. Let's get to the show. And I think we need to lean into the limitations. You want to call yourself a competitor? You look for every limitation. You find a problem and you fall in love with that problem and you own that problem until you solve it. of the Career Competitor Podcast. I'm Steve Meller, and as a member of the CG Sports Network, we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to succeed within your career. If you haven't yet, please make sure you are subscribing to the show through Apple Podcasts and be sure to leave me a review as well. It really helps us build much greater awareness of the show. But whatever platform you are opting to listen to us on, definitely share the show with your friends or even your followers on Instagram. And if you do that, make sure to tag us on at Korea underscore competitor. We are heading into the home straight for what has been a truly historic and memorable year in 2020 for so many reasons and why so many might be guilty of leaning towards complaining about what has transpired, understandably so. But I believe that here on Career Competitor, we have been aiming to fuel and motivate you to act during this adverse year. With this in mind, this is what I love about our guest today, is that he has embodied exactly this approach over the, fa- over the past five years to establish a truly unique service, despite there being so many signs and scenarios along the way where he could have stopped, complained, and made excuses for why it simply wasn't meant to be. Instead... Jesse Cole has led the establishment of a highly successful baseball franchise in the Coastal Plain League based in the Carolinas named the Savannah Bananas, a baseball team simply unlike any you have seen as they prioritize entertaining you, the fan, ahead of just about any other component within the organization, making for a truly memorable game day experience. Throughout the interview, be sure to listen out for Jesse's candid nature and total comfort with the person he is and how that version of himself has paved the way for so much of his and the franchise success over these past five years. When the interview is over, be sure to stick around and listen to my career competitor, Keys to Success, where I will break down my three greatest takeaways from my fantastic conversation with Jesse. Every single one of you listening is about to get a dose of energy from an episode of Career Competitor that you may have never gotten before. So without waiting any longer, let's welcome in Jesse Cole to the show, and I hope you all enjoy. 
Okay, I am delighted to be welcoming on Jesse Cole to the Career Competitor podcast today. First and foremost, in your all banana colored tux, man, how are you today? I am fantastic, fired up, excited to be with you and uh, ready to have some fun. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, it's a podcast, so people can't get the visual that I'm getting <laughs> right now. And just trust me, I, you know, there's some video that will come out of this, but the, the anything that we put on the show in terms of in terms of the audio simply won't do justice to, to Jesse's appearance today. But this is all in part to do with what you've been doing now for the better part of four, almost five years. So tell everyone, Jesse, what has been the focus uh, of your last four or five years? Yeah, well, the last five years, we launched a little, small, crazy team called the Savannah Bananas. You know, I was actually in the industry uh, of baseball for almost 15 years now uh, with a little small team in North Carolina that we had for 10 years. But yeah, we uh, we took over and launched a brand new team in a, in a market that had a professional baseball for 90 years. And and Steve, we're not professional baseball. We're one of the lowest levels of baseball there is. Right. And we knew we had to be dramatically different. So we asked ourselves, what business are we in? But what business are we really in? and learn that we had to go all in on the entertainment. Mm-hmm. And we, after some serious struggles and having to sell our house, sleep on an airbed, and down to our last dollar, we turned it into an amazing circus that now sells out every single game and has a wait list for tickets in the thousands. And uh, mm-hmm. it's been a wild journey. And every day we're learning and experimenting with new things to try to create the best fan experience in sports. Awesome, awesome. And you touched on that background there in baseball and a big, big part of what we do here on the Career Competitor Podcast is is try to take people that come from that background in sports and and show the connections between between them, the athlete, and what it is they're now doing today within whatever world they've gone into. And to 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 get us going here, Jesse, tell everyone a little bit about your background in the sport of baseball. Sure, and and I love I love the word compete, by the way, and I love the fact that this is the against yourself, never competing against others. And we don't even talk about uh, competitors. We talk about our customers and our fans. And that's something that we've learned in the industry. But for my background, um, you know, I was a big competitor and competing against myself. And I was a baseball player, fortunate to get a full scholarship to play college baseball and had the dreams of playing professional and uh, was fortunate. I remember vividly getting letters from the Pirates and the, the Padres and the Braves and even getting Christmas cards from the New York Mets with a wow. snow-covered Shea Stadium, which was really cool. <laughs> And uh, I thought my dream was going to come, you know, become a reality. That was all I ever worked on. And then my uh, senior year, I tore everything in my shoulder yeah. and uh, my labrum, my rotator cuff. And um, I remember I was filming a documentary at the time. It was my capstone project. And I had to turn the camera on myself as I found out I would never play the game of baseball again. And I watched it just recently and it was very emotional. And I remember thinking, they were like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was saying it on camera. And now looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because instead of trying to play professional baseball for a few years and then, you know, starting over, I got into what I was meant to do and it was to really put on a show and entertain fans and provide a different fan experience. So that launched my career with my injury at 23 years old. I became a general manager of a baseball team. And uh, so that's when it all started. And my competition took another level because I was taking over the worst team in the entire country with no money in the bank account and uh, no fans coming to the games. And that's where the competitive spirit came out to a whole nother level. Absolutely. I can imagine. Gosh. And, you know, one thing that has come up more than, you know, I would ever wish to, but it is part of the athlete story is is injury and and adversity. And I, for one, as in my past life as an athlete dealt with more than enough myself and hearing that sort of story of where you were in a sport that's obviously one of the major sports where you can make a career out of it. For you, 
to receive that sort of news and then immediately have that opportunity to move into something where you could invest yourself wholeheartedly what was how how fortunate would you consider yourself to be that you had that opportunity waiting for you or not necessarily waiting for you but available to you immediately as opposed to maybe wallowing or trying to figure things out if you see what i'm saying yeah i think two things happened at once that really gave me that opportunity one is i got an opportunity to coach and i coached in the cape cod league and i'm sitting in the dugout as a coach of with some of the top players in the country every single player that i coached on that team went on and played in the, and got drafted and played in the big leagues i mean it was a top of the line i mean all stars sat next to me and i had the best seat in the house and i knew these guys and i realized something very profound then that i didn't realize till later that made the whole impact on everything i was bored out of my mind i had the best <laughs> seat in the house with the best players in the country and i realized something and for many athletes that listen here there's something about playing. We love it, but it's different about watching. All right. When you don't feel like you can make an impact, you don't feel like you can have control. You know, I was a pitcher. I could dictate the success of a game by how well I pitched. Yeah. When I'm sitting in the dugout, I can't dictate what's going to happen. And so all of a sudden I was bored out of my mind. And so I realized right then coaching is not for me, mm. but then I took an internship with the team and I realized the idea of trying to get people excited about coming to a baseball game and meeting with people in the community and saying, you know what, we're going to make this fun. This is not going to be like your grandpa's game. Hmm. All of a sudden, I started selling all these tickets and sponsorship that I got offered the job as a GM at 23 years old. And that all happened within about a six-month period that I think very, very fortunate that all happened. And I was able to see clearly what I was not supposed to do, hmm. but what I was meant to do. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And <laughs> It doesn't, and, and here's here's the funny part. I think when it, when you hear a story like this, you think, "Wow, there must have been this must have been a very fortuitous set of circumstances." But I don't hear that. I hear a guy that showed what he was capable of in 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 an environment where he would have the opportunity to truly apply himself. And I think that is something that gets lost in stories like this. Sometimes is the easy answer is to say that you were fortunate. That's the easy answer. The 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 real answer is to say you showed what you're capable of doing. You you brought to the table who you are and the way in which you want to do what it is you were being asked to do. And they recognize that. You know, it's fascinating. The, the legendary founder of Southwest Airlines, Herb Kelleher, he was asked after he started Southwest, he goes, what's your business strategy? And he thought about it for a second. He said, it's called doing things. He goes, our whole strategy is called doing things. And we believe so much with Savannah Bananas, every young person on our staff, do and then learn. I would have never, I would have always assumed if I don't play baseball, I'm going to coach. But I started doing, I sat in the dugout. I started trying to coach. And then that didn't work out. I took an internship, an unpaid internship where I didn't get any money, but I started making cold calls, which sounds terrible, sales calls. But I started meeting with people and saying, you know what? I can make an impact. I can control what's going to happen at this experience to this sponsor, to this ticket holder. And I realized that was it. So I think a lot of pe people, when they first get out of college, they think about what they want to do. They think, they think, they think, take that internship, just yeah. start doing, start trying, start experimenting. And the faster you experiment, the faster you'll learn what's best for you. And that that's what I learned at a young age. It's helped me with everything we do now. Love it. I'm, I'm a, I'm a doer myself. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that anymore. And I think one of the things I consider myself fortunate in in my coaching career up to this point is I've been allowed to actually fail. I've really been allowed to fail. And it's something I, every time one of my former athletes or somebody new to the coaching game who's looking to get into it comes to me and asks, hey, you know, what, 
what do I need to be trying to do? And I said, you actually need to be open to the idea of failing. Uh, yes. You need to you need to give some things a try that maybe no one's ever told you to do it that way, but something inside of you is saying, hey, I want to give this a try. I want to do this this specific way. Only way I have of, of actually finding out whether or not it could work long-term is by giving it a go. And you hear about that from everyone. I mean, Henry Ford's first two businesses failed. Steve yeah. Jobs got let go from Apple. Oh, no yeah. one talks about the Amazon phone, all right, because it failed. All right, no one, <laughs> everyone talks. But I think, I wish we could reframe the word for failure, though. You know, I, I think it's such a negative word. And, and people see, I mean, think what when you're a kid, you get an F on a report card, an F on your test. It's in red ink. It looks like the, the devil, like literally the devil yeah. just hit you with the worst news possible. And we're, treat, we're, we're thought upon failure as this nasty, nasty thing. What if we change the word to discovery? You know, what can you discover today? What are those things? That, look at it, Love discovery. It. All right. And so we try to look at that. We don't look at what we failed at. We've had lots of things that didn't go well. But we discovered something because of it. And I think that makes it easier to handle the idea of failing. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, and anyone listens to this interview so far, if you've not figured out that Jesse's a fairly eccentric personality, then you've not, been, you've not been paying attention. And the one thing that I'm immediately curious about here is that you've talked about you, the baseball player, and obviously where you are today. What version of where you are today, this personality that is there for everyone to see, what version of this was maybe evident when you were a baseball player? Because you said yourself, you're a pitcher. You had to be stoic at times. You had to be composed at times. Was there any opportunity for this version of Jesse to actually come to the forefront? If I could go back, I would have actually played baseball a much different way. And I, I, I love I love my dad more than anything. My dad raised me. My parents got divorced. My dad did everything for me. He actually bought a baseball he bought a baseball facility up in Massachusetts so I could play year round. I mean, he was all in. Mm. But when I remember when I was 12 years old and we had the dream to go to the Little League World Series, this little small town, my dad actually put on the back of our t-shirts, Williamsport team, because he yeah. convinced us that we were going to Williamsport. We believed it. <laughs> so we started winning games, winning games, down six, nothing in the last inning. We'd score nine runs. We kept winning, kept winning. We started getting interviewed by the news, this little team going this far. Right. And my dad said, Jesse, you know, make sure you always act like you've done it before and always give credit to everyone else. And so I'd hit home runs. I was fortunate, I'd throw a no hitter and I'd get interviewed and it was like, yeah, you know, the team played great defense. And, you know, I wouldn't show any, there'd be no bat flips. There'd be no huge celebrations. <laughs> I acted like a traditional baseball player. Right. As I look back at it now, I wish, and I try to teach our players, celebrate more, have more fun, be that big over the top, because you know what? It's moments like that you'll never forget. Yeah. own them, enjoy them and live them up. So I don't think I own it as much as a kid. Now, you know, I'm at the stadium, I'm doing selfies with fans, I'm pieing fans, I'm dancing with the fans, you know, I'm passing out roses to little girls in the crowd. I'm a big part of the show. And I think yeah. I've become part of myself. I've yeah. amplified who I am. This yellow tux is my uniform. When I put yeah. this on, it's showtime. And so <laughs> I know that I got to turn it up. And I think, you know, all of us, I think that best version of yourself, the, 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 Part of you where you lose track of time, where you're in the moment, where you're in the now, amplify that, where you're not caring what other people think. And I think to an degree, back when I was a kid, I maybe cared a little bit too much. And now I'm like, forget it. Let's have yeah. fun. Own the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And what a refreshing perspective in this day and age, too. I think it's getting, it's becoming less and less, sadly, it's becoming less and less common that people are really comfortable with who they are in the sense of the eccentric version of themselves. And I yes. think you know, being around this 
18 to 22 year old demographic as I am in my job. I say it all the time, you know, these these girls will sometimes get shy and embarrassed when they, I see them having a private conversation that's clearly funny and humorous, but then suddenly I come along and they shut it down. It's like, no, 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 keep being you, keep being you. Yes. There's, no, there's no reason to shut it down. Yes. Like just, and, and for me, I think yeah. going into whatever career people choose to go into, and we've talked about this on the show before, uh, fairly recently actually, is understand that, yeah, you're going to have to adapt to environments and you're going to have to change things here and there. But at the at the heart and soul of what you're doing every day, you still got to be yourself, right? Yes. You know? and, 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 and not not the self that's hidden behind what people think. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, a lot of times I think our self, we have two versions of ourself. We have the version that we're trying to do things, you know, what everyone else says. We're trying to fit in. We're trying to be professional. We're trying to do, you know, the way we're supposed to act. Right. And then we have ourselves when no one's watching. And, you know, I, I, you know, the one that's, you know, singing and dancing, you know, the one that's in the shower that's singing, those are, I think that is our best version. And so, you know, I always say like, you know, uh, practice and play like no one, no one's watching and just mm-hmm. really, really enjoy it and live the moment. And so for us, we teach everyone our staff and we have a male cheerleading team. They're now, now known as the Dad Bod Cheerleading Squad. I mean, we have senior citizen dancing called the Banana Nanas, a breakdancing first base coach, a professional high fiver, a grandma coach. We have all these characters. And yeah. every day I say, guys, it's showtime. We're always on stage, but own it, enjoy it, and don't have any regrets. And I think people, when they look back, they're not going to regret the things they, they did do. They're going to regret the things they didn't do. And so why hold back? And that, that's what we try to do. And that's helped us be more successful because people are like, you know what? I can dance, I can sing, I can have fun at these games. I don't need to worry that if I'm looking like an idiot. It's okay to look like an idiot once in a while. Totally. And it's an escape. Right? Yeah. Like for anyone who's coming from that, you know, cubicle job, nine to five, you know, you can go to a Savannah Bananas game and and just have that escape. And that's that's awesome. And yeah. and, and you know, for me, stories like like this with, with this organization, I always find it so impressive and inspiring that a culture can be molded in terms of the personality of of who you are first and foremost and how that rubs off on on any and everyone that becomes connected with the company how much work prior to let's say opening night when you first did this for the first time you know that cultural identity how much work did you and your wife invest into the organization to make sure you guys were there for everybody to see (laughs) <laughs> uh, we didn't have it right at all in the beginning. We're not still not even close to having it right. So <laughs> let's put it th- let's put it this way: the name of our company was the worst name ever when we first started. It was like this bad law firm or accounting office. It was called Team Cole and Associates. What a terrible name! All right, what, what's who who are the associates? I don't even know what that means. Right. It wasn't until we had intentionality with what the name of our company is, who we are, what we stand for. We named the company. People all say Savannah Bananas, Savannah Bananas. Well, the name of our company. It's fans first entertainment. Hmm. Our mission is fans first, entertain always. Every decision we make, we ask ourselves, is it fans first? And that clarity has guided everything we've done. And here's the internal thing that if you ask anyone on our team, we ask who are our biggest fans? They'll look at each other and say us. And so we're actually focusing on loving our employees, our teammates, even more than our customers, and certainly loving our customers more than we love our product. And so when you make every decision for your fans, your customers, and make every decision for your hopefully biggest fans, the people that work with your company, um, 
it's very clear on the decisions. It's very clear on the purpose. And it's very clear on everything that drives us to be successful. That has been the key. And that's taken many years to learn. I mean, we've we, we let, our, fan, we let our, our, our staff dictate their own salary one year, which was crazy. I mean, we, you know, we've surprised them with, uh, yeah, that was, that was a one-year experiment. You know, they, they wanted huge, huge raises. And it, right. it was, uh, you know, we've surprised them with cruises and special trips and bring one of the World Series. We've done all that stuff because we want to treat them like they have memories they'll never forget. And that's part of just testing and experimenting and does it really make an impact. And we've learned it does. Yeah, that's special. It really is uh, that, that ability uh, within a business to to prioritize those that work within it first, and then the people that are most affected by it in the customers. I think it's it's not easy. It's not easy because there's always this discussion with with profit margins and all these sort of discussions that come into a day to day running of an organization, and it's yeah. easy to slowly let that stuff disappear. And it's clear that this is a ever evolving ever growing entity that you're producing right now and with regards to and you touched on it before the competitor that you are and the competitor that you've always identified with how would you say you're going to be defining or let's say how have you defined success up until this point it's a great question i think there's a definition of personal success and a definition of your team or company's success um for me I've always looked at success as freedom and fulfillment. You know, the ability to do the things that I want that give me joy and purpose uh, with people that I want to be around um, and that, that, that freedom and fulfillment. I think uh, people that aren't successful often are chained to their responsibilities and their job and their life. Um, and I've been fortunate not to have that. Um, as far as the team success, you know, we don't do surveys. We don't do... Uh, you know, any type of, you know, reviews other than they have on Google and stuff. Our success is the simple emails that we get from people. Our success is being at the gate, myself, our entire team, after every game, all the players are at the gate, our characters, we're playing music, the pep bands out there, free s'mores, we're dancing and seeing people literally laughing, dancing, singing, whether you're two years old or 80 years old. And they are dancing and having fun. And success to me is seeing this past season during COVID where we played in front of more fans than any team in the country with zero positive cases. We found a way because that's how we compete. We know it was most fans first decision was to bring joy to people. When a, a gentleman comes up to me on the second game of the year in July and he says, man, thank you so much. And I said, oh, thank you. He goes, no, no, you have no idea. I go, what? He goes, he goes, my wife and I came here two years ago on vacation. We got tickets from a scalper. We came to the game. We had so much fun. Mm. When we found that you were playing, we and our three kids drove from Utah 40 hours to come to this game. We're driving back tomorrow. It was the best investment we could have made. Thank you. And when that happened, I'm like, A, that's crazy, sir. You're a lunatic. And I love it. <laughs> But when moments like that happen, which happened pretty regularly, people were driving from all over the country. And even a season ticket holder at the last game of the year, he had a tear come down his face and he goes, you guys saved my life. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, thank you. He goes, no, I was going through a very tough mental time. And this ballpark, the bananas gave me something to look forward to every other night this summer. You guys did that for me. I'm like, no, man, we appreciate you. But the reality is we share those stories over and over and over again. How can you not have purpose? How can you not realize that if you're asking about success, that to us has nothing to do with dollar signs, revenue, profit, any of those numbers. 
Mm. It has the impact and the emotional connection that we build with people. Mm. It's that. That to us is success. That's special. I, I, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps listening to you talk, man. I mean, and, that, and that's for me is um, it was one of my questions. It was one of my, I, I was very interested to kind of hear how you've adapted and, and been able to overcome the the adversity of this year, which is as difficult as a year is probably either you or I have experienced in our lifetime on a global standpoint. And I think with that in mind, it just shows that culture can actually if it's solid enough, if it's clear enough, a culture can actually come through just about anything. And and that's what you've proven uh, with, with what you've done here this year, hearing that you're still, you've still been able to do this, hearing that people are covering miles upon miles over days and days to be a part of this. And again, using that word escape, clearly that's what it is. I mean, this has been an escape for people during a time when they've truly, truly needed it. And how how did you at first handle the news and the the situation of, of of this covid situation was it just a matter of i don't care we're gonna find a way to overcome this and get through it or was it you know just sort of taught me through that process of overcoming this whole situation and coming out of it with a positive review for the year yeah i mean it reminds me i'm on, on january 15th 2016 at 4 45 p.m where my wife and i got a phone call we are at my best friend's wedding up in new jersey and I'll never forget, I answered the phone. It was one of our, our teammates, one of our employees. And he said, uh, hey, uh, we just overdrafted our account. We're completely out of money. And that was four months into it. We just took over this brand new team. We went from zero debt to $1.8 million in debt. We just got married. Wow. And and I, we looked at each other. And we're getting ready to go to you know my college roommate's wedding. So we're like dancing at the wedding. We're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, this has got to be crazy. Um, and we drove home and, and she, she said, Jesse, we just have to sell our house. It's okay. We'll, we'll find a way. We believe in what we're doing. And we built our dream house in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, it was like, it was perfect. Mm. We sold it. We emptied our savings account. We went down, we got an airbed and we, we said, we're going to make this, make this happen. And, you know, in, in March, March 12th, when the, the pandemic was announced, my birthday was on March 13th and we shut down the office and we went, we went from, you know, selling out every game, revenue coming in, building, growing our team to zero revenue, zero. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we went very clear. And I think the same thing is, Hey guys, we're going to find a way, but let's stick to who we are, what we stand for. We said, all right, our mission is fans first entertain always. What a better time to do that now than ever. I go, we, we had a talk. I go, guys, what's going to happen. I'm, you're going to remember this moment. I go, we are going to play this summer and we're going to play in front of fans. We don't know how we're going to do it now, but we are. Mm. And we're not going to have one person sing the national anthem. Every single person in this stadium is going to sing the national anthem, mm. including our staff, our players and our fans. And you're going to look around and say, wow, I'm so proud to be a part of this moment. I go, we are going to work towards that. In the meantime, we are all entertainers. You know, we're going to start filming ourselves. We're going to do Facebook Live. We're going to do cooking with bananas. We're going to do music videos. We're going to do coloring books for kids. We went on an entertaining spree. And we did a lot of music videos that were ridiculous, that were silly. <laughs> we entertained like crazy for the next few months. But when we made the decision that we were going to play, we did the press conference. And the media was like, sure, you're going to play, sure. But we knew we were going to do it. And we set that date. We said, July 1, half capacity, we're going to do it. And I told the team again, just remember the national anthem. It's going to happen. And we painted the picture. And it happened. And I, we have video of all the fans and the players singing the national anthem. And it's a moment I'll never forget. 
Absolutely. And it's, you know, the service remained the same. The service remained the same, but you expanded the brand during that time. And I think that that's special. Like, you test the boundaries. You can yes. start experimenting more. I mean, we launched a streaming service where we had drones during games, which I'll never forget the first time the umpires run off the field. They're like, there's drones. Are, are we being attacked? <laughs> no, we're not being attacked. This they're, is like, planned. <laughs> they're like, there can't be drones. There's no rule for this. I go, well, let's make up a rule. And right. they were like, so we we did that then we started having fans vote in the middle of the game who should pitch in the end of the game we started miking up every player we started testing rules and if you want to say failure i'll say with discovery we discovered in the beginning we were terrible at it our audio you could barely hear it was like players like coming through was bad but by the second broadcast it was better by the third broadcast it was better by the, the 10th broadcast, we were doing things that some of the big broadcasts had never done because we were willing to experiment and try things. Yeah. We never would have done that if it wasn't for the limitations that we had. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to lean into the limitations. If we want to be a competitor, you want to call yourself a competitor, you look for every limitation. You find a problem and you fall in love with that problem and you own that problem until you solve it. And that's how we compete. We compete to create the best fan experience. We compete for our customers, our fans, and our people. That mm -hmm. makes it very clear. What a great time to compete. Right. And we didn't have to rest on our laurels anymore. There was no point. It's like, we're going all out. And that fired us up. And that gave us a challenge that we never had before, which was really exciting. That is exciting. It is exciting. And, you know, just, I, I want to just finish up here with, with just you, the entrepreneur, because this is what it's all about. Everything that you're talking about here for me comes back to this entrepreneurial spirit. And I consider myself to to be entrepreneurial at heart as well even in my job even though it's it's a job that i work for an institution I, the way in which i do that job remains entrepreneurial in spirit i find ways to create it and make it my own and this podcast certainly is me sort of dipping my toes in that uh, as well a little bit for someone who you know having given that story of how you and your wife just went all in got rid of everything clearly you went with the all or nothing approach how would you advise someone with that entrepreneurial mindset or someone who's either just starting out or thinking about starting out? How do you know? How do you know when the right time is to go all in as you did? What was that big sign, if any, for you that, hey, this is what we got to do. This is my purpose. This is why we're doing it. Um, loaded question, but I love it. Uh, let's I'll do my best here. Uh, it starts with small bets. Yeah. You know, it starts with small bets. For 10 years with our little team in Gaston, North Carolina, we tested grandma beauty pageants. We tested flatulence fun nights. We tested salute to underwear nights. We tested the world's largest pillow fight. We tested dancing players. We tested all of this. And we saw that the response was pretty favorable. Now, we never went all in like we did in Savannah. But when you test something and you see, um, we started to believe in it. And I think so many people say, I got to see it to believe in it. No, you got to believe it to see it. We had to believe in it first to be able to really see it. And we believed in it by seeing these small bets work over and over and over again. And so what I question any entrepreneur is, hey, you got this big vision, love it. Can you test it in a smaller way at first? Can you do some small bets to test it and see, do people actually want this? But the reality is you don't know anything until you ship it to your customers. It's a great lesson I learned from uh, uh, Seth Godin. You know, always ship, always ship. You, know, you can think you have the best product in the world. Well, put it out, put a, put a minimum viable product out that is saying the MVP and see if it works. You might have the best style of swimming that you believe. You've been studying the science, you've been watching this, watching. 
Well, let's test it in the pool. Let's see, does it actually work? Instead of saying, all right, the biggest meet of the year, let's do this. Yeah. You know? And so I think for us, it, it sounds like, oh, you went all in. We did, but we had a lot of belief before it. And I don't think we questioned that belief at all, even when we were down to our last dollar. Mm. Yeah, and I that's kind of what I was really getting at was was the the what was that uh, what was that process like? I suppose going into that big decision because obviously it wasn't just a matter of hey we're at a wedding hey you know this is what we're doing and, and it wasn't as simple as that. There was always going to be more to it than that. And I think more than anything, what I hear there is is just obviously have that belief in what you want to do have a great plan in place but then have the the the, the willingness just to give it a go even burn on the boats. scale yeah and then you eventually got to burn the boats i mean we went from zero debt to 1.8 million dollars in debt we weren't going to get out of debt by doing the same thing as everyone else we weren't going to get out of debt by marketing like everyone else selling like everyone else we had to do something dramatically different to get out of that so sometimes when you take that that uh risk it forces you it holds accountability I'll tell you something that we just did. And I, I wish every sports team in the country would do it. And every athlete would do it. Put out a vision and put it out publicly of what you are going to do in the next five years. We publicly put out a vision of how we are going to become a 24-7, 365 brand. What we are going to do to play year round, which no one else is doing, no off season. How we're going to take the show on the road. We put that out there. And within three months, we already booked our first city. We already have a wait list for a thousand tickets in that one city. We already played a game in November to a sold out crowd, which we failed or discovered a lot of things in a youth way there, <laughs> but we already did it because we put it out. We held it accountable. If you look at any sports team, they say, all right, you know, let's do a little better next year. Hopefully we sell a few more tickets mm-hmm. or an athlete. You know, I hope I do this, whatever. Where are you going in the next three to five years? Hold yourself accountable. And even if you don't get there, I bet you'll get a lot closer by putting yourself accountable and people will want to help you get there. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best things we did is that vision. And I challenge anyone to put it out there and see what, see what happens. 100%. And for anybody that's here in this interview and thinking, Hey, I want to, I want to follow them. I want to follow them on this journey for the next five years. Uh, Jesse, tell, tell everybody where they can learn more about yourselves. Yes. Yeah. If you search Savannah Bananas, you'll find us. There's a, a short little documentary about us, the banana story that really shares the story and what we're doing. It's a lot of fun to watch. And then, yeah, on our website, on our about us, you'll see our vision. You'll see exactly where we're going, our vision commandments, what we're planning on doing. And uh, feel free to hold us accountable. If we haven't done something that next year, if you don't see the, uh, the speakeasy, you know, going or the Airbnb or the treehouse or the brewery or any of that starting to come in play, call me out on it because we're going to make it happen because we're holding ourselves accountable. I love it. I love it. I definitely recommend watching that short documentary. It's a fun watch for sure. And Jesse, honestly, your your energy is infectious. Uh, you know, I'm 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 at home right now with with two children, one who's three months and one who's eighteen months. I work on caffeine every single day. I try to get my energy levels up. Talking to you, man, this is probably as high my energy levels have been all day. So I appreciate that, and hopefully, anybody listening has certainly picked up on some of that energy as well and is feeling uh, invigorated by by the opportunities to to better themselves become more competitive and jesse i just thank you so much for your time and, and best of luck i don't think you need it you guys are crushing it so best of luck with everything anyway thank you so much and your kids are going to love the energy bring it to them they're going to love it you'll have some good play time with them and uh no, thank you i think uh when you're talking to good people with that are curious they're asking great questions it builds energy and so uh, i hope everyone has some energy after listening to this and can do some amazing things awesome And my thanks again to Jesse for joining us on the show today. And as always, we will finish with my career competitor, Keys to Success, starting with my competitive call. 
And I'm going to go with the trait of intent. Every step of the way throughout Jesse's career has been marked with intent. The intention to energize baseball games. The intent to go all in on the Bananas franchise. The intention to put the fans first. And most recently, the intent to make a season happen this year of all years and still deliver an incredible experience. All of these moments and successes happen thanks to intent. And it is what separates people, in my opinion, when it comes to producing things that have never been seen before. Next is my teachable takeaway. What are you willing to discover about yourself? Discovery starts with a curiosity, which then leads to action. But are we willing to keep pushing and pushing with such actions until we discover the result of our curiosity? Yes, we can interpret such moments as an opportunity to fail, but that in itself can be the reason we don't even try at all. Believe your vision and idea can become a reality. Have the willingness to discover something about yourself that will at least allow you to take something away from the process. After all, the last thing you would ever want is to one day discover you regretted ever trying at all. Finally, my motivational move. Let everyone know your five-year vision. What better way to combine the trait of intent with the willingness to discover by creating a five-year plan that you're comfortable enough with showing to the whole world? This idea really struck me because when you speak with Jesse, you realize this is not just some task where you throw out crazy ideas and leave it alone with the mindset of who cares if I actually do it or not. As far as Jesse's concerned, this is a commitment. He wants people to remind him about it, acknowledge whether he is sticking to it or needs a friendly reminder to pick it up. This is why this idea really connected with me and why, at the age of 35, I am going to give this exercise a go and put it out for all to see what I want to achieve by my 40th birthday. So, if you are just starting out with your career journey or feeling as though you don't have a clear challenge ahead of you, well then, let's get to it. Create that five-year vision and let an intention to discover carry you each step of the way. Thanks so much for listening today and be sure to let me know what you thought of the episode through the website at careercompetitor.com or via Instagram at career underscore competitor. Looking forward to bringing a couple more episodes to you before the end of the year. And until then, keep competing within everything you are doing. Bye for now.